Like a scarecrow in a melon patch, their idols cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot walk. Do not fear them. They can do no harm. Nor can they do any good. stuff. Huh? Well, welcome again. Uh, glad you guys are here, worshiping together and now uh, joining in God's Word. You are joining us as we are beginning this new series called Scarecrow. Uh, my name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors here with Artisan Church. And for the next four weeks, uh, myself, next week Pastor Brian, then Pastor Scott, and then I'll come back the last, uh, last Sunday to uh, wrap it up as well, we're going to be tackling scarecrows. These ideas, these entities, these concepts, these things that we prop up in our lives that aren't quite real, but maybe give the semblance of, of a sense of safety, protecting us, giving us this feeling that everything's going to be okay, but inside maybe are just stuffed with nothing. Have you ever had the experience... We're in a a strange place. You may be having it right now. No. Uh, You're in an unfamiliar place. Uh, You're spending the night, so you might be sleeping in a bed that's not yours at relatives on Thanksgiving. I'm sure some of you are already really anticipating those good times. uh, Or a hotel, traveling, whatever it is. And you wake up sometime in the night, unfamiliar bed, unfamiliar surroundings. It's dark but you got to go. And so you get up to head to the bathroom. But you don't want to turn the light on because it'll really wake you up or the baby will cry, your spouse will yell at you, uh, the dog will bark, whatever it is. So you stumble your way through the darkness towards the bathroom. Bang your shin, you say things you shouldn't. um, And then you come into the bathroom. And as you go in there, still dark, you freeze. You have a sense that someone is watching you. Is there someone in here? And then with equal parts, stupidity, panic, and courage, you slap on the light really fast and then swallow a scream as you stare eye to eye with yourself in the mirror. Sometimes the most terrifying thing we can do is look at ourselves in the mirror. (laughs) Especially when we catch ourselves off guard, when we're not expecting it, and we get that glimpse of who we are, and we might not like what we see. And so the scarecrow in the mirror is what we're tackling today. Because we want to start close to home. Because if we don't face that scarecrow, well, then all the other scarecrows we're going to talk about in the coming weeks, well, they really matter. And so to deal with that scarecrow, that aspect of ourselves that when we catch a glimpse, troubles us, is not quite real, isn't the way we should be. To do that well, 
We need the right mirrors. So what do those look like? What are some of the mirrors that could reflect back to us what we need to know about ourselves so we can respond and act and do something about it? You know, one of the places we start is just with self-reflection of reflecting on who we are. Uh, For several weeks, in fact, I believe it was three or four months, we had a mirror issue in my house. We had a mirror problem that uh, as guests would, uh, would hang out, we love having people in our house, my wife Lisa and our two kids, Jaron and Bryn, and Jaron and Lisa in particular tend to be evening service folks. You'll see me and Bryn at both, but uh, so if you've never met Lisa, it's, she exists. She's not like the Sasquatch. I am married to her, have children. Lovely, lovely woman. Uh, great person. Anyway, as folks would hang out with us, invariably they'd have to hit the bathroom. Um, we're going to get off the bathroom theme eventually here. I don't know why that's going on. And then they would come out with this puzzled look on their face. And when we had younger children, we usually knew that meant we had to go take care of something. But, and they, they would say, what's wrong with your mirror? And I'd have to pause for a moment and think, I, I don't think anything's wrong. And then I'd remember, that's right. We still have children. And legally, there's nothing we can do about that. And they broke the mirror. Screwing around, brushing their teeth, doing fluoride, whatever it was, Jaron and Bryn slammed the medicine cabinet mirror open, hit the windowsill frame there, and broke it into a couple dozen pieces that still stuck there. And when it first happened, I had a response, and I was a little little bothered by it. But what was really disturbing is as you stood in front of this fractured and fragmented mirror, you could see yourself, but something wasn't quite right. It was disturbing to see the pieces all there, but a bit off. What was more disturbing, though, was how quickly we got used to it. So that three days later, oh, that's right, the mirror's broken. A few weeks later, probably should do something about that. Three or four months later, folks would say, what happened to your mirror? And we'd go, There's, oh, that's right. We're not terribly good at self-reflection. We get really used to the fragmented and fractured mirror that we hold up for ourselves. And sure, we can probably get down on this little piece and shave a little bit and put on makeup and blow dry our hair. And then my wife Lisa has to use it when I'm done and... and and you just can, you can manage, you can cope. But it's a poor substitute uh, for really knowing what's going on in our lives. So if we want to see the scarecrow for what it is, we may need to turn to other mirrors. So what about some, well, actually, before we do that, uh, James, the brother of Jesus, tackles this issue, how poor we are at, at self-reflection. And he does it in the book of James early on chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. And he says this. He says, but be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they're like those who look at themselves in the mirror. So they look at themselves and on going away, immediately forget what they saw and what they were like. Do you ever have those moments of clarity where you really catch a glimpse of what's going on in your life? 
And for a moment, it's very clear. Here's an area I need to deal with. You see it clearly? Even through the fractured, fragmented pieces. But then how many of us, as life happens, as we get distracted, as we move on to the next thing, forget what we were like when we saw that? We're horrible at seeing the scarecrow in the mirror all on our own. So if we often fail at that, at self-reflection, if that's maybe a starting point but not a very good place to end up, then perhaps we need to look towards others, some friendly mirrors that, that might give us another perspective, some friendly mirrors that give a truer picture of what's going on in our lives, that can reveal something real. In the wisdom literature of the scriptures, uh, particularly in the book of Proverbs, there's this wonderful proverb that, that talks about how others can provide this for us. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19. And it says, just as water reflects the faith, so one human heart reflects another. We often find better mirrors in others. I know for me, some of the ways that I dealt with scarecrows in my life, the fake, the false, the facades that were holding me back from, from the realities that Christ wanted me to experience, I probably never would have addressed them without some friendly mirrors. Uh, in my late teen years, uh, 17 or 18, somewhere in there, I had a wonderful person in my life whose heart was in the right place and was able to reflect back to me some scarecrows. I'd only been a Christian for a few years, a follower of Christ for, for just a few years, uh, kind of made that decision in my early teens, had not grown up in a Christian family, uh, not even a family that faked it, you know, <laughs> we didn't go to church, just kind of good American people doing life, and, uh, and through a series of relationships and, and some wonderful people, uh, I came to know who Christ was, made a decision of faith began following Christ, but there were still scarecrows that I clung to. And so my later teen years, my youth pastor, who also has really good friends with as well, which breaks all kinds of rules apparently, uh, Brian Lamberton was his name, he held up this mirror and said, Jason, here's what I see going on in your life. Here's the ways God has gifted you, what you have to offer, the way he can use you. But here's some things that aren't quite right. What are you going to do about it? And so because of that, and because I didn't just ignore that, I prayed, made some changes through God's grace, and, and really started to leave behind some of the scarecrows I was still clinging to. And in fact, I think that was a very formative season for me to eventually hear my calling that God had for my life. Could have taken many forms. There's nothing... It's unique to each person. It might have been to be a doctor, genetic engineering, which I was actually studying in college, uh, work-at-home dad, entrepreneur, plumber, garbage man. Any of those could be callings. For me, it happened to be being a pastor. If God doesn't call you to be a pastor, but it also doesn't mean you're missing his calling. He'll call us to where he wants us. And so I was able to hear that because I dealt with some scarecrows, because... I had a friend that reflected that back to me. Do you have that kind of friend in your life? 
Do you have someone that holds up a mirror and shows you both the great things that you have to offer, but also those areas that are propped up and aren't quite real? If you don't have a person like that in your life, what are you doing about it? Some of you may be here at Artisan for the first time. Many of you have only been here a short amount of time. Uh, if you feel like you're the only new person here, let me assure you, there's, there's many of you here, and probably at least half our church has only been here a year or so. It's a young church. It's growing. You're in good company if you feel like you're fairly new. And I think one of the reasons people explore faith in a church setting is because of that need for those friendships, that they recognize either consciously or unconsciously that it is not good to go it alone. And so I encourage you, if you don't have those friendships, see how you might develop some of those here. Check out one of the small groups that starts this week. A few of them are come and go as you please for the next five weeks, so you're not committing to any long-term thing. Hang out. Get to know some folks. You need some friendly mirrors in your life. But... Do people ever let us down? That's a rhetorical question. Yes, they do. We're all fallen. We're all fractured. We all have this fragmented image of God not quite put together right in our lives just yet. And so even on our best days, as we reflect back towards our friends, we distort it. We don't always get it right. And in some cases, it's intentional. Sometimes the mirrors are too friendly. Have you ever had this situation or been this person where you see something going on in a friend's life that's not right, that's damaging them, it's damaging others, and you see it clearly, but you don't bother to reflect that back to them because it's a lot like what's going on in your life. And at best, you commiserate with them and say, oh, isn't it horrible? Not much we can do about it. At worst, you justify both what they're doing and what you're doing. <laughs> and so we need even better mirrors. We need something that gives a true image, that's not distorted by our fallenness, that's not distorted by our own stupidity and foibles and fractured nature, but that's a true image. And so in the book of Hebrews, the very beginning verses gives these words of hope on how we can find that true image. Hebrews chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, says that long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son whom he appointed heir of all things, firstborn inheritor of everything and through whom he also created the worlds. And this son, this Jesus, he is the reflection of God's glory, the exact imprint of God's very being. So when we try to find this true image, we want to find a mirror that will reflect truly what is going on in our lives. There's only one place to turn. There's only one 
who makes those things clear. And so it begins with Jesus as fully God, revealing and reflecting who God is. It actually doesn't quite matter who we are until we figure out a little more who God is, until we get those in the right order. And so Jesus says in many places things like, if you have seen me, you've seen God the Father. Those who abide in me abide in God the Father. That Jesus is God, revealing who God is. But in the mystery and miracle of the incarnation, he's also fully human. It's this two-way mirror that not only reflects who God is, but finally shows us in a way that's not all fractured and fragmented what humanity is supposed to be. If we look around trying to figure out how the things are supposed to be put together, there will always be pieces missing. It'll always be a poor reflection. And so in Christ, we have this one perfect image of God and humanity. And as we look in the mirror that Christ provides, then it begins to become clear. And if there's a scarecrow staring back, we will know it. Only Christ can bring that true reflection. And if you're looking for a mirror to help identify the scarecrow, ultimately that's where it needs to end up. For those who choose to call on Christ to reflect those things and then to begin addressing them, there's these words of of promise, really, that are hopeful, but that also admit that not everything will be clear in this life. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12 says, For we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. So catch that. In this life, even though Christ can be the perfect mirror to reflect who we should be in God, Our eyes don't always catch it. And so it's going to be dim, but slowly it'll be revealed. And we'll come to know who we are and who we are meant to be more and more. And though even in this life we won't have it all figured out, someday in Christ we can have that face-to-face experience. Someday that fractured image of God that's being repaired and healed will come fully together. And someday we will know fully. But in the meantime, we don't need to worry because Jesus already fully knows us. So you need to find the right mirror. If you're going to deal with the scarecrows, that's the place to start. Self-reflection It's a starting point, but let's be honest, we're not very good at it. Friendly mirrors, oh, much better. It would be wise to have those friends in your life. It would be unwise to put your life in their hands. (laughs) And to find our true reflection, 
We can only do that in the one who can unmask that scarecrow in the mirror. And so are you willing to hold up a mirror to your life? Wherever your starting point is. Imagine that for a moment. That you flicked on the light. You swallowed the scream. Because there staring back at you is you. Imagine that for a moment. Just take a look at the reflection. You have the picture? Are you satisfied with what you see? Or are you tired, even terrified, of the scarecrow staring back? If we do nothing in response to that, we will always be a scarecrow. But if we act on God's word, if we become doers, not just hearers who forget what we just saw, then change can start to happen. Jesus can begin to unmask that scarecrow. And like our friends there in the land of Oz, (laughs) some changes can take place here in the real world. You can finally have a brain, you know, that mind of Christ that sees things the way we're meant to. You can finally have a heart, not that heart of stone, but a heart of flesh and blood that pumps. And we can finally have courage to face this world to live our lives without the false security of our many scarecrows. And we can no longer have to be stuck out in the deep weeds, mocked by the crows, because we will truly have a home in Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says that now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into that same image from one degree of glory to another. Those are words of hope for us scarecrows, aren't they? Let's pray. God, I thank you. We thank you. 
that you don't leave us to our own shattered and fractured image. That the distorted way we see ourselves, you don't leave us alone with that lie. But that you enter our human condition. You come amongst the scarecrows. And you reveal to us what it means to be real. Give us the courage. Give us the good mirrors. Reflect back to us the changes we need to make in our lives. I pray for each person here, wherever they are in that journey, that they would stare long and hard in that mirror and that they would not turn away and forget what they were like but would do something about it. And however small that needs to start, that you'd begin that work. Whatever straw you need to pull out of their life, whatever burlap you need to unwrap, whatever stick you need to unjam, that has them stuck, you would do that work. And then all of us, would not only become more like Christ, but would become more like the self Christ made us to be. Jesus, I pray that you would tear down the scarecrows and that you would make us real. And we pray these things in the one true image of the living God, Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. So you've heard God's word. Hopefully I got out of the way. Are you going to do anything about it? A place to start is how you respond, even here in worship. A great response is approaching the table of communion. We have it on both sides of the table here. And it's this wonderful image, isn't it? It reflects back to us the heart of Christ, where he took bread and broke it, where he poured the cup and shared it, and said, this is my body and blood to make you real. Reflect on this. Do this in remembrance of me. And so if you're seeking to follow after Christ, to leave the scarecrows behind, that table is for you. It is a place of nourishment and refreshing. If you're not sure where you are with Christ, that is okay. You're in the right place. And you may choose to not go to that table because it's not real. God forbid you turn that into another scarecrow. Into some other fake facade that gives a semblance of safety and protection when in fact it means nothing real just yet. Wait till it does. And if the Lord who is the Spirit is calling you to unmask that scarecrow, you may respond today and for the first time receive communion as a follower of Christ. That is always open. 
if you do that, I would love to hear about it. <laughs> we would love to come alongside you, pray with you, start you on a path of, of growth, of being those friendly mirrors that while imperfect, are sure way better than what we can do on our own. And under God's grace in a community like this, tend to do a much better job than otherwise. And so respond as God leads you. Look in the mirror. And whatever he shows you, do something about it. Amen? Amen. Continue responding as God leads for the rest of our worship time.